City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris Pugh, Kaz Smith and Stacey Smith. Let's start with you, Chris. How have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you, Craig. Not too bad. You, Stacey? Ill. Ill. That's not very good. Hope you feel better soon. Thank you. And you, Kaz, have you got ill? Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) That's good to know. I'm not dying. We begin this week's show by looking back at our 4-0 win over Bristol City. It was Birmingham City's third win on the bounce after their defeat to Chelsea earlier this month. Early on, it didn't look like it was going to go our way for the first five minutes or so, Chris. We looked a bit nervy and Bristol were pressing high up the pitch. Were you concerned early on? I'm going to say this now. Not one second in that game was I concerned about anything. But I'm not buying it at all. I mean... We didn't, we didn't exactly, all right, we didn't keep the ball for the vast majority of the first 15 minutes, but we never, I was never like, we weren't under the cosh, we weren't, they weren't chucking the kitchen sink at us, so I, I wasn't really concerned about, about what they had, like it, it felt like a, a typical, typical away game, first 15 minutes really, the, the home side will have a bit of the ball, they'll you know, you you settle in, you you see what the, the home side have got to offer and then you get yourself in the game. And first 10, 15 minutes we it wasn't it wasn't glistening, but I wasn't I certainly wasn't concerned. Any early nerves anyway were put to bed when Rachel Corsi headed in the first goal of the game in the 16th minute. One nil up. Sarah Mailing lofts the ball into the six yard box and Corsi does well to shrug off Chloe Lagazzo and find the net. Talk us through this one, Kaz. It's nice to see a dominant centre-half back at the club again. Shades of the old skipper. Oh, definitely. Um, like you said, it was a corner. Sarah's been fantastic at these corners lately. I don't understand why she wasn't taking them to the previous taker. Because Lucy you know, Stan was there. <laughs> yeah, but come on. We're not talking about her. We're talking about yes. Blues. Agreed. Yeah, it was a fantastic cross. and uh, oh, I, I was looking at my phone at this precise moment in time. So I actually wasn't looking at the TV. I've seen the goal. It was a cracking goal. And we are staying up. We doubled our lead in the 32nd minute. Sarah Mailing once again involved. She plays it down the line to Connie Schofield, who holds off the defender, delays her pass for a moment, and then finds Molly Green, who does just enough to get it past Sophie Bagley in the Bristol goal. She might have wanted a cleaner strike, Chris, but Green grabs her second Blues goal and our second of the day. Yeah, it was a really nice move. Um, you know, the the build up to it in general, we kept the ball nicely. We moved it from from right to left, and then and then back across. I think it was um, I think it was Christy Murray who, who won the ball back um, in midfield, gave it to Sarah, and then Sarah knocks it down the line. And it's brilliant from Connor. It's you know to to turn a marker, um, have the strength to to get in front of her and hold her off to get to the byline and then the composure to pick out Green, who who has timed her run magnificently. You want to trouble the keeper at that point, you know, 
get get it on target, get a good connection on it, and and that's what she did. And and Sophie couldn't keep it out. And that second goal was fully deserved, a, a rich reward for for what we actually did in that first half. Um, you know, to to nullify Bristol the way we did. Obviously, to get the first goal, but we didn't rest on our laurels. We kept going, and the build up to that goal um was a real a statement if you like to to how we played in that game um you know we we took it to bristol uh and we controlled uh, and and that's where that second goal came from yeah you could see that the players visibly look more relaxed after that first goal and we didn't really look back from that and they look continue that uh, where they left off in after the restart Five minutes after the break we were treated to a goal of the season contender from the informed striker claudia walker Walker begins the move out wide. She chips the ball into Molly Green, who misplaces a pass, but Jamie Lee Napier is there to retain possession on the edge of the box. She then makes a short pass to Schofield, who lays it off to Walker. And this was the moment I let out a genuine wow out loud when I saw this. She lets fly and it curls into the top corner. What did you make of this one, Stacey? I think I screamed. I actually hurt my throat. Kaz ran around the living room. You could see the way she looked up. She just looked up. She went... And the confidence she's in at the moment, I think she just thought, do you know what? Why not? And it literally, as soon as she it left her boot, it was like you could see where it was going and it was like I, I kind of remember watching it in slow motion sort of thing. And I think everyone who's seen it will say the same, like it's just a cracking strike of the ball. So, yeah, I'm, I'm well happy for her. Yeah, absolutely. There was one from Lucy Quinn a couple of years back at the Man City Stadium, which was from quite far out. And it, the keeper probably should have done better on that occasion. But this one straight in the top corner, Chris, it was it was just something so special. And you could see that Claudia Walker, she, she was surprised herself how well she hit it when she was celebrating with her teammates. And obviously she's now proving that she knows that she can do these sorts of things. And she's proven she's why she's in the team. Yeah, it wasn't bad for an overhit cross, was it? No, 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 no. Before anybody shouts at me, uh, no, no, it was, it was, um, Stacey said the word, it's confidence, you know, to, you know, a girl who last season was running up and down the, the right and left hand side and, you know, running into trouble and delivering crosses with nobody on the, in the box. And we, we, it is a completely different player. You know, she scored two and two. And as soon as that ball comes to her, the first thing on her mind is, get it out of my feet and get a shot away. And the, you know, the, as you say, the, the technique, the application behind the shot was, was absolutely first class. And, and as you say, it's, it, as soon as it leaves your foot, you're thinking if this is on, if this is on target, it's going in because the keeper's not saving this. Yeah. And it nestled into the top corner. Absolutely brilliant strike. It was absolutely sensational. And Kaz, I think you said that Carla Ward was re- um, reacted on the touchline after this went in. What, what happened? What could you see? So if anybody actually watches the shot that the um, club have put up on Twitter, you can actually see Carla Ward re- is reaction as, and it's like she just looked at Claude, just like does that and just starts laughing. So I don't know if she's like in shock that she's actually did that or if it's like... So much she's already seen her doing training before and thought, well, can't believe you've done it in an actual game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, the reaction was just unreal. Like even Claudia was laughing when she finished celebrating. No, I think I think I think that reaction again though is just it's a world away from from what we had. Even at the start of the season, you know, the the confidence in which the girls are playing with the you know the the way they're responding to, to what Carla's asking them to do against you know against the side. Let's remember the last game before lockdown, how 
absolutely dismal we were against against a Bristol City side, you know, and couldn't muster anything as as an attacking force against Bristol before lockdown in that game before lockdown in Marta's last game and now another the stark contrast to what we've got now and what we showed today is 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 remarkable and and maybe that's just part of the reaction you know just wow you know look how far we've come in such a short space of time and we're doing this on the pitch now yeah absolutely and we only picked up seven points in the league last season and we've already got six after five matches it just shows what confidence can do and we made it four 4-0 from the spot in the 65th minute. Captain Christy Murray was fouled in the area. She dusted herself off and then took the spot kick herself. Bagley went the right way, but Murray did enough to put it past the keeper. Now at this point, we are flying when a game is pretty much done and dusted. All you need to do is make sure you don't do anything rash. You just need to keep your head. Unfortunately, Abby Grant was a bit overzealous in her defensive duties late on. She was already on a yellow card and she goes in hard into a challenge in the 96th minute and is sent to the changing rooms. She's not played a lot recently, Chris. Do you think she was just trying to show that commitment and went a bit too far in this one? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The first yellow card was for a, will be the one that disappoints them. I think it was a bit of a cheap one to give away a, a, a pull on a shirt in Bristol's half. You know, the, so that was a disappointing yellow card to give away. But obviously, the the the, the second one is, um, yeah, it was a it was a late challenge. And as you say, maybe it is just a, a case of, you know, I, I need to show the the manager that. You know, I'm going until the very last, the very last minute, sort of thing. But yeah, it's disappointing to lose. I've been now for for uh, the West Ham game. Could be a big game after the international break. But hopefully, you know, she'll come back, and, and with her injury problems as well, it'll give her enough time to to go train with Scotland and and come back fully fit. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, all in all, although it was a fantastic result for Blues, the win moves us up to seventh in the table and we've already scored more league goals after five matches than we did all of last season. We would also like to send our good wishes to Amy Palmer, who had to go off earlier today after what looked to be a serious injury. The game was stopped for a period of roughly 12 minutes because of it and we would like to wish her a speedy recovery and hope to see her on the pitch as soon as she's able to return. That's all for part one. Coming up in part two, we look ahead to the international break with six Blues players in action. Welcome back to Greats in 68. I'm here with Chris, Kaz and Stacey. Next Friday kicks off another week of international games with Scotland, Republic of Ireland, England and Northern Ireland all in action. Rachel Corsi, Christy Murray and Abby Grant have all been called up for Scotland. Hannah Hampton has been called up for England. Harriet Scott has been called up for the Republic of Ireland and Chloe McCarran for Northern Ireland. Congratulations to all of them. Let's start with Scotland, currently second in their group with two wins from two matches. They face Albania, who have one win in five, and their Group E leaders, Finland, who have four points ahead of Scotland, but have played two more games. A lot of Scotland's best players play in the WSL with the likes of Erin Cuthbert, Caroline Weir, and our Scottish trio of Corsi, Grant and Murray. They've got to fancy their chances, Chris, of being top of the group come next Tuesday evening. Yeah, I think they'd hope to be, certainly, you know, um at the Albania game first and then going into that, you know, that they'll want a confidence booster going into the the, the game against the side that they're, that they're currently below in the table. So their ambitions, obviously, they were at the World Cup. Where are we? 20, 20, last year, sort of, I don't know what year it is, never mind what date it is. Um, yeah, the, you know, at the recent World Cup and they'll, 
they'll want to relish that and, and experience those big tournaments again and again. And I think, you know, the Finland, um, Finland are a side, like you say, the, the, the wealth of experience and talent that the Scottish side have available to them. They'll, they'll certainly be hoping that they can, they can get over the line in these t- next two games. But if anything happens to Rachel Corsi or any of our players, then I am rebuilding Hadrian's wall and then never crossing that border again. Let me tell you. Scotland have scored 13 goals in their opening two Euro qualifiers and have conceded none. We've seen the impact having someone of Corsi's quality can have on a side, Kaz. She's got to be a key player for them over the next few games, especially as captain of the national team. Oh, definitely. Like You've seen what she's did with our squad, um, her and Christy. I think the pair of them have been absolutely fantastic. Like I was saying to Stace earlier, the difference Christy's made to our squad this season has been unreal. So the pair of them, I think, is going to be massive for Scotland. But I'm with Chris. If any of them get injured, I'm closing the borders. Never mind him. <laughs> Scotland versus Albania is on Friday night, 7.30 kickoff, live on BBC Alba. Also on Friday, Republic of Ireland travelled to Ukraine as they look to secure second place in their group and a playoff place. Defeat to Germany last time out meant Ireland could not top the group, but they will fancy their chances in the playoffs. A win in Ukraine and it's theirs. Harriet Scott has played a lot of football recently in both league and cup. Do you expect to be rested on for this one, Stacey? I hope so. I think she needs a break, to be fair. Like you look at the amount of games the girls played in the last three weeks, it's it's quite unbelievable. And as we keep saying, like, alongside with the studies, that the woman's superhuman. She must be like, you know what I mean? I don't think most people could do what she's doing as well as going away on international duty as well. I think obviously. Ireland are going to want to win the game, but I think it's a game that they think they're going to kind of win quite comfortably. So hopefully Harriet does get rested and comes back fresh and again, not injured. Let's hope so. There was one moment, I think, in the game today where she was the furthest one forward and Sarah Maitland had to go back to right back because Harriet was like playing striker for a bit. I don't know why, but she's, it just shows the confidence in the squad all round and uh, as for the Island game, it takes place at 4.30 on Friday. And as far as I know, it won't be televised. Then the following Tuesday, Finland hosts Scotland at 4.15. This one is also on BBC Alba. Two more games feature on Tuesday alongside the Scotland game. We have Belarus hosting Northern Ireland with our own Chloe McCarran likely to feature. Northern Ireland picks up their first win of the campaign last time out, a 6-0 win away at the Faroe Islands. Ireland are yet to face Belarus, but the Belarusians only beat Faroe Islands 2-0 recently. So that's certainly got a chance in that one. Chloe's game time has been limited, Kaz but training with the likes of Murray and Corsi will no doubt help her bring her game to the next level for club and country. Oh, definitely. Like we've got some like great internationals in our squad and like even great team players that she can learn off. Obviously it's the first time she's been outside of the country playing in a different league. So I think she's going to bring a lot of more ability and knowledge back to not uh, when she goes back to Ireland and goes back to training with them. Absolutely. Uh, finally, we also have the England game. Most podcasts will probably lead with the England game, but I find it very hard to get enthusiastic about watching Phil Neville's England. England travelled to face Germany, a side they lost at Wembley just under a year ago. Uh, if I remember rightly, they were played off the park for most of that game, but Ellen White did what she does best and found the net shortly before half time. It was a 2-1 win to Germany in the end. 
England's last game was a defeat to Spain in March, a 1-0 defeat, which ended a dismal, she believes, cup campaign, which saw us win just one out of our three matches. And that was a 1-0 win against the transitional Japan side. Do you think Phil Neville needs a win to ensure he manages the Team GB Olympic team, Stacey, or will a draw be enough for him at this point? I don't really care. I don't think he should be taking us to the Olympics. Um, I don't know why he's still in charge. I cannot even see us getting a result against Germany. I don't know why they're even going like they might as well just hand them the win now, to be fair. I'm going to find a new book and I'll probably have it on in the background mm. because I don't really want to watch it, watch it. Do you know what I mean? It'll be on, but I ain't paying attention because we're going to get our butts kicked. Don't forget though, also, I think that, I think to forget about the Germany game, there's the, there's the bigger draw of the, uh, of the, another inter-squad friendly, isn't there? Which, which is, you know, is obviously the most exciting thing when, when England get, uh, go to a training camp everybody everybody can't wait for those inter-squad friendlies as a quick aside who would you have uh, lead out team gb at the olympics crest you go first oh nobody who is in management at any of the national squads because i think the obviously the bias is naturally there you know i think jane ludlow obviously but you know there'll be a welsh bias for for her squad there um mark skinner He's, he's got a break now, now that Orlando's finished their uh, in autumn series. Yeah, after that 3-3 draw with North Carolina Courage. Very good comeback. 3-0 down they were and came back to 3-3 recently. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Stacey? I'd probably say someone who went to the last Olympics herself and let Casey Stoney take him. Casey started a career off working at England. It started well when, with uh, Neville back then uh, when Casey was there and it all kind of went downhill when she went to Man United. We know, let's be fair, we've got to give her credit. Like what she's done with Man United in such a short period of time. She's a fantastic manager. I don't think she'd be too biased because she's friends with a lot of other players from different nations and stuff. So I'd, I'd love to see Casey take us to the Olympics if I'm being perfectly honest. How about you, Kaz? Oh, I've got two. So I'm going to go with Stacey with Casey. And one that Chris will probably like slap me the next time he sees me, but Emma Hayes. Like, I think them them two, I, I don't think they get enough credit when it comes to the way they manage the team. Yes, they've got money and yes, they can bring in the players they want. I get that. But the way they like manage and stuff is like unreal. Like today with Casey, she was superb. So... I'm going to go with one of them too. I'd like it to be Casey, but it's probably going to be Neville. And again, I won't be watching because why? <laughs> why? Well, what a story would it be? Like Casey captains the last Olympic squad we had and then she goes on to take them and maybe we can do better than what we did last time and maybe go on and try and get a medal. Like, do you know what I mean? It's My only concern with something like that happening is that Obviously, it's Team GB, um, and whilst I have respect for the players who, who obviously want to play in the Olympics, and it's and it's a big thing for them. But actually, like I'm an England fan. If we selected someone like Casey or Emma Hayes or Mark Skinner or you know any sort of manager like that, you know, to to lead us in the Olympics, 
a squad that predominantly will, will be will, will consist of English players. My only concern is that the players would then would then have a have a feeling. You know, what happens if we go to the Olympics and win it with one of those in charge? And then those same a lot of those same players have to come back to England duty with um, with Serena in charge, and, and it's it's like it's almost like yeah, yeah okay we we're going to give you all a summer of what could have been if we'd have hired Casey Stoney as manager or Emma Hayes as manager, but but now you you can't have that you've got to go back to England with with Serena and and it'll be it'll all be completely different. In that case, they'd also be going back to England camp without the likes of whoever they'll pick from the likes of Wales or Scotland. Like you, you think you've got world class players that play for Scotland. Let's put it out there, like yeah. Well, without a doubt, I'm not saying that GB squad is going to be like twenty two out of twenty three players are going to be English. So probably, like you said, you, there's every chance you could get six or seven Scottish and three or four Welsh players in there. Right, you know to to accommodate the, the the English players, but my only concern would be that you know they get they get a summer of really enjoying playing under Casey Stoney, and then their mindset then when they come back to England duty is oh why couldn't we have Casey Stoney again rather than the the England manager might be might be exceptional and they might it might not concern them, but that that would be my only concern with that is you give them a taste of what they could have had. And then for the next couple of years, you haven't got that as England manager. Essentially, we might not agree on who should be taking them, but I think we can all agree that none of us want Neville. Well, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless you... The only reason, the only way I want Phil Neville going to the Olympics is if he's in charge of, like, Germany or France or somewhere. If he's bought a ticket, is that what you want him to... <laughs> no, no, I don't even want him there then. The only benefit of Phil never being at the Olympics is it's in Japan and he's as far away from England as possible. But I'll, I'll wrap that up by saying I would go for Jane Ludlow, even though Chris doesn't think uh, she was very is, is the right option. I should say. I think I think she's with her Arsenal background. I think she's a born winner and she's going to motivate players to do better than they can possibly. So I think she would be a good option. But all all those are good options. Emma Hayes, obviously, big squad. So they would have, um, she's obviously done well to keep them under control and not get too many people upset play, playing limited games so far this season and in recent seasons. Uh, who else? Casey Stoney, obviously, done well with United. And Chris, Mark's going to know all about him and how well he can motivate players. Briefly mentioned that Hannah Hampton is in the Phil Neville's plans, at least for now, in the short term. Hopefully, we haven't put him off <laughs> playing Hannah now. But uh, hopefully, she gets some minutes against Jimmy. Hopefully, Prediction time. Before we get into our international predictions, let's see how we got on this week. Remarkably, none of us guessed a 4-0 win, but what we did do, though, was all predict a Birmingham City win, so points all around there. That's not all. Kaz and Stacey correctly predicted Claudia Walker would score. Chris correctly guessed that Christy Murray would score, and I predicted Molly Green would score, so points all around. I don't think that's going to happen that often this season. (laughs) Literally, who thought all of us was going to get points for goal scorers? Like, none of us really. It's absolutely remarkable indeed. So how does that leave the standings? In joint third place is Chris and Stacey with six points each. In second, it's me with eight points. And in first place, we have Kaz with nine points. So on to the international games then. And we start with Ukraine versus Republic of Ireland. Chris, how about you? 2-0 Republic of Ireland. I'll go Katie McCabe. Kaz next. 1-0 1-0 to Ireland, and I'm going to say Louise Quinn. Who's left? Stacey, how about you? Um, I'm going to go for a 
2-0 win. I'm going to go with, ooh, should I go with Neve, Fahey? We'll go on to the Germany game next then. So Germany versus England. Chris, what about you? Oh, it's in Germany. Correct. Uh, 3-1 Germany and a Steph Horton own goal. Okay, doke. How about you, Kaz? England probably won't even score one. So I'm going to go 3-0 Germany. And I'm going to say Alexander Pop. Stacey, how about you? I'm going to go for 5-2 to, to Germany. I'll go with Pop. Now, I know I know that Alex Pop is 50-50 of playing in this game, but I've got her down to score as well. So if, if we're going to go down, we're all going to go down together. I've gone for 3-1 to Germany for this one. Uh, next game up is Finland versus Scotland. Stacey, how about you? Uh, I think it will be. I think this will be the tightest game out of a lot of them, to be fair. I'm going to say Scotland 2-1 with Emsler. Emsler. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Scotland with Aaron Cuthbert scoring. How about you, Chris? Ah, that's disgusting. That is exactly the same as mine. Um, but as I'm at the bottom, I'll need to do it a little bit different. I'll go 2-1 um, uh, Scotland with Cuthbert scoring. And you, Kaz? 2-0, Grant to score. And our final game for this week in the predictions, Belarus versus Northern Ireland. I've gone for a 2-1 win to Northern Ireland with Simone McGill scoring. And we'll go to Chris first. 1-1. One, one. Rachel Furness. Kaz, you don't look pleased. What, 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 why not? I was going to go 1-1 one, one Furness, but I'll go 1-0 to Ireland, Rachel Furness. Funny thing is, I've written down next to Kaz's name, 1-1 one, one Furness. That's the... <laughs> but, uh, but I'll change it now. I'll put it next to Chris. Okay, so that was 1-1 one, one for Chris. Uh, Stacey, how about you? I'm going to go 2-1 Ireland, and I'm going to go... I'm going to go Lauren Wade. Ooh. Ooh. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris, Kaz and Stacey for joining me. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at GreatInstance68. And always remember to keep right on.